You're listening to a Bible lesson taught in the youth group at Trinity Baptist Church. We hope this Bible lesson will help and encourage you as you seek to live for the Lord. All right, he's got a copy of God's Word for today. First thing he's writing up something. You guys, the Bible is still updating the Iowa 7. That's right. I brought my good old-fashioned Bible here. I mean the updated. So we're going to go to First Timothy chapter 4, verse 12. Let me give you a handout. I mean, give me a hint. It's written in the handout. So if you don't have a Bible, tune in, tune in, tune in. If you don't have a Bible verses in the hand. But if you have a Bible, we should get in the practice of turning there to it. First Timothy 4.12 It should be a study passage of Scripture. Let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believer in word in conversation in charity, in spirit in faith, in purity. This is the passage that we're going to use as a springboard for the next couple of weeks. We're going to be jumping in talking about being an example of the believer. For example, there, if you have your hand out, let's put some of it in, and we'll move on to other things. Example, oh, sorry, so then, good. A pattern or model as something to be imitated. A pattern or model as something to be imitated. Let me ask you this, guys, as we're sitting around in our you, not a circle, a you, as we're sitting around our you, what is, what are people that we use as examples? Let's just go ahead and just be honest, open it up there. Who are our examples? Don't. I know what the tendency is going to be to give me the spiritual answer. Pastor Ferguson. Sidney Ferguson is my answer. But go ahead and give me. Who would you say? Christ. Oh, yes. Oh, my bad. They shuts everything down. Yeah. Who are our Who are our examples? Yeah. Athletes? Go ahead. Athletes. Yeah. I remember when I played basketball. Every time before I walked on the basketball court to play a game, I watched Michael Jordan's last shot every single time I went to play basketball. By the game, that night, I was watching VHS, Michael Jordan take his last, last shot. Brittany, who are our examples? Friends? Friends have a big influence in our lives. Ashley? Well, I'm a, I really want to be an artist, so I would keep looking for an artist. An artist? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead, Kirkland. Parents. Parents, good job. Oh man, you dropped half the hand here. Parents, parents are your examples. Sometimes that's a good thing, sometimes it's a bad thing. So I say the Bible says honor your father and mother. Yeah, there are examples. Go ahead, Mr. Grandparents. Wait a bad one there, grandparents. Upper class. Upper class. Yes. The people ahead of us. Rachel. Good. 
You come along. Faster than there's me. Go ahead, Nick, finish this up. Oh, thank you. Yes, sir. But as we look out, listen, listen, listen. Tune in, tune in before I leave you. We're going to have to get used to this. You feature on now that you guys can look at it and get, uh, get feedback from people across the room and they're laughing at your not-so-funny jokes and all the damn things up. So, What's it normally like? In this rose. Yeah, you think we have rose. And so I tried to break out rose and put us into a circle. So there's no rose. As we look at this, we all have examples. Now, sadly, sometimes our examples are people that should not be our examples. We pick examples. Let's say for for guys, there's athletes that we would pick as an example. And these athletes, I'm going to get to the girls in a second because we did. But we pick these athletes that have everything but honor and glorify God on their on their agenda. I mean, they after they do something, they'll say, "I just want to thank God for." after they just went on the field and cursed and threw and beat up people. And it's like, well, I just want to thank God for the victory, and which God really had no part in it other than the fact that he gave them talent to to play. And even as maybe as a young lady, you would have an example. This is why young ladies will say, I'm too fat or I'm too ugly or something like that. Why? Because they have in their mind an example of what they would desire to look like. Let me ask you this. For the next couple of weeks, we're going to be asking this. This is the question and I'm an example of a believer, not a Christian, am I an example of a believer? Do I live a life that's worth imitating? This took effect in my life, I guess, with my, my little brother Anton, who's 10 years younger than me, as he was growing up. Because he was 10 years younger than me. The things I said, I remember there was things that my mom, there weren't curse words or anything like that, but words that my mom didn't prefer us to use. And so we would say, we would say something, yes, but that could be one of them, or stupid. But um, we would say these words, and I remember my brother being like at one or two years old, or probably more like two years old, like his first words are words that mom told us that we shouldn't be saying. So he's like in his two or three year old class calling some stupid, like, I mean, not, not white like this person. Bad illustration. <laughs> but he said, he'd be calling them, like, you stupid this, and then, like, and then my mom would say, you boys, I told you. we get in trouble for saying things. But can I tell you that in our world today, we have, we don't have a lot of examples of a believer. We have a lot of examples of what people would call a Christian. Because an American Christian person to go to church whenever they feel like it, read their Bible whenever they feel like it, praise every now and then. So Paul tells Timothy to be an example of a believer. So let's look at it. We're going to look at this introduction here to that tonight, and then next week we're going to look at the actual words in the passage. So let me okay, explain that you can be that example. We've already talked about who are our examples. Here it is. The characteristic of usefulness. Let's go ahead and hit this square on. The characteristics of usefulness. The word despise means to disdain, to feel disgust. Disdain for young people is not a new phenomenon. So as we look at it, Paul says, Timothy, let no man despise, look down on you, disdain you for your youthfulness. It's nothing new. One day when you guys get to be old, you'll look at whatever the kids are carrying nowadays and why are they always looking at their phones? 
young people today, most of them don't truly go to college, and I know a few of my mom's side of my family that don't, and she is one of them. Gotcha. And a lot of them don't go to college. Don't go to college. Yeah, there's a lot of old people that go to college, too. But yeah, it comes back to that work ethic. Go ahead, Adam. They look at, yeah. um, they look at younger people, um, or other people, and they group teenagers together. Um, they look at certain teenagers that are, you know, you would call them bad, and then they just automatically group all teenagers together and say, all teenagers are bad. Right, yeah. Yeah, they always see the worst stuff that's like portrayed by the media or Right. Every every teenager talks to their mom like they do on TV. My, I would not have any left. left <laughs> I think like because like sometimes when you get older, you just kind of get set in your ways, and you like the way that you know everybody likes the way that they're used to, and so like they're not very, not very into change, and like young people like get to grow up then, and so we're like you know we have like different experiences and new things, and so we're like trying to change the way things have been done and do them in new ways. And, Kind of set, so I just don't really want to do that. Change, finish something. Yeah, like when she said about change, like in our society today, I mean, how quick does things change? Like, just yeah. look at technology for you. Like, the iPhone 5C, I think it is. It's, no, it's C. And it's like, it's coming out, and like, just the new the iOS 7 operating system coming out. I was wanting to download it, and like, everything's just changing. Like, just even something like that changes, or technology, so then people change with it. Well, yeah, but the, listen, listen, listen. But like the older, older generations aren't really like you said. Like how many people do you see like the older lady with like an iPhone? How many times is she asking, "How do I do this?" Oh, you can do that. Okay, my mom. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even gonna touch that. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, I just got to figure out what that cell phone button was before. Now they change it all. So yes, yeah, there's a reason Wait, why. Wait, you mean I don't call people? Exactly. Right. So let's jump back to our past. Let's jump back to our pen. So when we look at it, there are reasons. There are reasons why, for generations upon generations, Adam probably looked at his kids and their kids looked at their kids, and from Noah on and on and on and on, they got upset about how they behaved and how things changed or whatever. But here's where it comes to. This is what we want to talk about tonight really briefly. It's Paul's challenge here. This is how we're going to open up our whole series here. The challenge to young people. Number one, take personal responsibility. Take personal responsibility. Here it is, Timothy says, I mean, Paul tells Timothy, let no man despise thy youth. Now, I can tell you, you cannot, you cannot affect what everybody views about every single teenager. But you can't affect what they think about you. Like we talked about in Sunday school, Proverbs says this, even a child is known by his doing, whether it's worth be sure or whether they be right. You can't affect it. So write this down. God holds me responsible for my behavior during my teenage years. I will say this, and I believe it to be true. We believe, and we've been taught by our culture, to believe the teenage years are your years to make mistakes, to do whatever, and then when you get to be probably, what, 28, 29, 30, you can actually enl enroll in life and figure out things. Yeah. To feel disgust. I mean, disdain. Disdain for young people is not a new phenomenon. But when we look at when we look at how the world trains us, even now, the age gets older and older. People don't even expect to get married now until they're what, 31, 32 years old. It's like then I'll start a family. When you look at when we look at 
Tune in because I want you to get this. When we look at how God has formulated our lives, when Paul said to Timothy, let no man despise you, let no man disdain you, you cannot control every single thing somebody thinks about teenagers in general. We love to put people, as we would say in New York, we love to put people in the categories. The good people, the bad people, blah, blah, blah. As we would say, as we would say on the, on the, when we go out to New York. But we do. We do enjoy putting people on categories. We stereotype, just like right now, even though you guys would laugh about it, somebody brought in a watermelon, everybody look at me and like, oh, that's And it's like, if we Just like when we were leaving for New York, and I carried the watermelon out. Passed five people with a watermelon joke about how I Because we want to put people in the category. Now I can tell you, society will always look at you guys and put you in whatever. They're a teenager, they're a young person. They have no responsibility. They don't care for authority. They're lazy. Whatever, fill in the blank. And they'll go through. And you, you know what? You cannot in any way speak for every teenager. But God does hold you personal responsibility, personal responsibility decisions you make. When you decide to disdain authority, God will hold you personal responsibility. Well, well, teenagers nowadays, so don't let the stereotype fit you. And see, the sad thing is, and this is what we're talking about believers, is we're so happy to let culture dictate how we do it. We're so happy just to let culture put me in whatever category they want. But you have to understand right now that God holds you personally responsible. Let no man despise by you. You're you. And let go on. Let's do this. Exemplify the truth you profess to believe. Exemplify the truth you profess to believe. Fill this blank in, and we're going to be done in this second, but don't pack up. Do you truly believe the truth of the Word of God? Do you truly believe the truth of the Word of God? Now, as we finish this thing up here tonight for what we're going to do, a believer is someone who does what? Believe something. Exactly. And can I tell you, when you truly believe something, it changes the way your outlook is? If I truly believe, well, growing up, I remember I did not want to fly an airplane. But I thought, everybody that flies an airplane, I remember my dad said, we're going to go to Disney World, and he played, he's like, we're going to do this big uh, vacation thing, and I said, nope, I'm not going. I remember even as a little kid, I'm not going, we have to get on an airplane to fly to Orlando, and I will not fly on an airplane. And I didn't fly on an airplane until I got to college. But I was like, big on this thing, I did not believe an airplane. You know what, now, I jump on them, please, we can go down tomorrow, just get on one and crash. But my, what I believe changes everything. You can look at me and go to the airplane all the time and say, hey, Aaron, there's nothing wrong with the airplane. I don't care. I don't believe that I'm going up there. And that belief changes the way my behavior, it changes the way I act. Now, I can say this. Paul said this. That no man despise your youth, your personal responsibility, but be an example of a believer. So if you tell me, as a Christian, that you believe the Bible to be the word of God, how does that change your behavior? Well, yeah, Pastor Burton, I believe that Jesus is God. I believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for my sins. How does that change your behavior when it comes to sin? Oh, yeah, I, I believe all that. I believe the Bible is where I believe it's good to read it. 
change your behavior? And see, Paul doesn't say, and I think it's classic, I didn't even see it till today, that no man is finally, but be an example of a believer, not a Christian, of a believer. I say that I believe, fill in the blank, do you live like it? And that's what makes it different. Can I tell you that there are people, Muslims, who will get out every time at a certain time, and they'll pull out a rug, it doesn't matter who is there, it doesn't matter on their job, they'll pull out a rug, and they'll get on their knees, and they'll face the east, and they will pray. Let me tell you why? Because they believe it. And that changes their behavior. It doesn't matter who you are. They don't care if people make fun of them, they don't care if anybody makes light of them, they will still get down that rug at their workplace at ever. But when we say we believe something, well, yeah, I believe I should pray. Don't pray. Well, yeah, yeah, Pastor, I believe. Jeremiah 33, 3, call unto me and I shall answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou know how. I believe that, Pastor. Then why don't we do anything with it? See, Paul's calling us to do more than be a Christian. More than just to be young people that say, yeah, I go to Trinity Baptist Church, youth group. I do this. I go to this Christian school. I go and do this. I have this blah, 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 my resume. He's saying, hey, I want you to be an example of a believer. Timothy, if you believe it, Okay, come out. He's going to go on. We're going to look at it for the next couple of weeks. Words, the things that I say, conversation, the way that I live, and faith, and charity, and purity. And we're going to look at all these things and see, do we actually believe what the Bible says, and how is that coming out of our life? Because to have Bible knowledge, and it not transform me and take me to something, help me do something different, I spend a lot of time that waste of that. So, do we really believe the Bible truth? Now, as we look through this series, I hope that as we reveal Bible truth and we see things in our lives that don't line up, we say, you know what? I do believe that, and I want my life to reflect that, and then live to be the life that God has for me. So that's what we're planning on doing. So for the next couple of weeks, if you want to jump in with us, feel free to jump in because I'm excited about it. Let's pray for just a few minutes. My wife's going to see the ladies, guys, in our regular room over there. We're going to spend some time in prayer, and then we'll be done. Thank you guys for coming. Let's pray, and then we'll head out over there. That you guys had earlier. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, we love you once again. God, we thank you for your word. And Lord, as we look at what it takes to be a believer, God, to live like a believer, God, help us in the next couple of weeks. Lord, to look into your word with your Holy Spirit, reveal things to us. Lord, to help us see things in our lives, Lord, that we can change. Lord, that way we can be an example, God, in the world of young people, Lord, who are failing and falling. God, that we would be examples of what a believer truly is. Help us. We'll thank you for all that's doing our lives again. In Jesus' name. Amen.